welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. Me bless your holy name, Lord. You are worthy of all praise, amen, and all adoration. Praise God. You love the Lord this morning, praise God. What a what a mighty God we serve, and uh, and in this day and time, uh, our true hope is has got to be in Him faith or trust on him that is firm, a firm foundation. Amen. Everything else will be sinking sand, but when you stand on the word of God, amen, you're on a sure and a firm foundation. Praise God. Amen. We are so delighted this morning to have with us brother and sister Lindsay and uh, excited about it. These are uh, my family, my wife's family, they come from Calvary, and uh, I won't get into, into what he does. If he wants to tell you a story, he can, what he does as far as that's concerned, but they are wonderful people. First and foremost, they are children of God, and they love the Lord. <laughs> Students of the Word, ministers of the gospel. And uh, I want to invite him to this pulpit today, and I want you to give your undivided attention. And I think we're going to be blessed today. This is going to be a great day this morning and tonight. Clap your hands on the Lord as Brother Lindsay come together. Let's praise the Lord, everybody. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord and just give Him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You've been so good. You may be seated. Praise God. Amen. What a mighty God we serve. And how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Amen. Amen. It's good to be assembled in the presence of God. Amen. Amen. And it's so good to be here uh, today with uh, Pastor and Sister Heidelball and, uh, and such great church family here. Uh, our first time uh, with you and uh, we're, we're just so thrilled that we have the opportunity to, to be a part of this, this great uh, uh, congregation and service this morning. Uh, my wife, Patricia, is, is with me as well. And uh, why don't you help me let her feel welcome uh, this morning. Thank you. Good 
man. And it's, it's, I, I feel, you know, so humbled uh, to be asked to be here. Uh, you have such a great pastor and, and pastor's wife. Amen. I, man. And that's an honor. I, I just sense the humility, the love for God. Uh, just to uh, reach out to us and to have us be a part of uh, what the Lord is doing here and to be a part of the service, I, I consider that such a high honor and uh, we appreciate it so very much. Uh, thanks to the welcome uh, team, those who are responsible for the hospitality. Uh, you did fantastic. You kind of overdid it. I think Sister Amanda is probably part of that or responsible for that. Let's give her a hand. That was great. <laughs> we, we don't deserve that. We, we just so appreciate the kindness. And um, we had a chance to visit a little bit with, with Geraldine this morning and little Remington. <laughs> And I, I thought it was very, very, very special when I heard her name. I, I, I thought about it. I said, well, I, I probably shouldn't mess with her too much. You'd probably blow my head off. <laughs> Just kidding. Beautiful, beautiful uh, baby. And uh, you're blessed. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Good to meet Brother Tyler Himes. Amen. Praise God. We just met briefly in the back, and uh, nice to meet you and your wife. Praise the Lord, brother and sister Himes. Amen. God is good, isn't he? Amen. Praise God. God is good. And I know uh, back at Calvary, they're having great service there this morning. Um, our new pastor, Pastor Carson. Uh, you know, he, uh, he sends just, just high regards. Um, I, I talked to him about uh, being here, and certainly he was, um, he was okay with me coming. And I, I, I said to him, uh, well, I texted him, actually. I said, well, um, just stay close to your phone, because in case I get into a jam, I may need to phone a friend. So... <laughs> But I know he's praying, and I appreciate him and, uh, and the, all the, the other folks there. Um, it's great. Do you feel blessed to be in God's house today? Amen. Amen. Thank you. And I, I believe the praise team did wonderful. Amen. That was good. I love that song. Amen. That first song that they sang, I just love that song. That's, that's great. That's just wonderful. Amen. Well, I'd like to get into the word of the Lord uh, today. And I do believe God has a plan and a purpose for his church, his body, his people, all of us. And he knows just what we need. Amen. He knows what we need. I'm going to take your attention to uh, the book of Ephesians. And I, 
know if you show that on the screen or not, but Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 to 4. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He has chosen us in Him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. I want to go to an Old Testament scripture that uh, probably not one of the most commonly read or popular scripture, but uh, we will go there. It's kind of nestled uh, among... Uh, a lot of uh, family names, genealogy of the children of Israel. So it's First Chronicles 4, 9 and 10, just two verses. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. God answered his prayers. How many know he's a prayer answering God? Let's pray and you may be seated, Lord God, in your precious name. We are your people and the sheep of your pasture. We ask God that your presence will be with us today. Will you break your own bread and feed us? We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to talk to you for a little while with the help of the Lord, and uh, my, my topic is just one word. We actually have been saying it many times since we've come into this service today, and it's just one word, and the one word is blessed. Praise God. How many are happy that you are blessed? I don't deserve it, but yet I am blessed. When I wake up in the morning, or when I lay my head to rest, I am blessed. We ought to get used to that. We ought to get used to being able to, to thank God and to say, I am blessed. We ought to get used to be able to give God praise for His goodness to us. Now, if you don't feel blessed, the question is, are you ready to be blessed? And it's a rhetorical question to ask if someone wants to be blessed because almost everybody wants to be blessed. Amen. 
The question is, are we ready to be blessed? The way God considers blessing. Because I read to you where he has already ordained that we should be blessed. It is the will of God that we be blessed. We're not forcing the hand of God to do something that, that he doesn't want to do. He already predetermined that his people should be blessed. Amen. Praise God. Now, life is not always fair, but good things can happen. Amen. Praise God. Just turn to your neighbor and said, it's a setup and God's going to get the glory. Because you see, life is not always fair, but good things can happen. And sometimes we're going through stuff, and we think it's all so bad, but it's a setup for something great to happen. Where God gets the glory when it's all said and done. You see, the real battle in life takes place in our mind. If we're defeated in our thoughts, we have already lost. Life is like photography. Use the negative to develop. You see, good things happen to bad people. And bad things happen to good people. But all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them who are the called according to his purpose. All things work together for good. They're not all good, but good things can happen. I'm going to take a few minutes, just give you a little testimony. Pastor kind of alluded to something here this morning, so, 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 so let me get into that a little bit, and then I, then I want to get into the Word, because I feel the Lord here today. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we moved to Illinois, my family and I, young family to the state of Illinois in 1999. And uh, I had a young family. I had uh, six kids. In fact, the, the youngest at the time was just uh, a little under a year uh, old at the time. And so uh, that was kind of challenging and kind of, uh, you know, adventurous to kind of move out from uh, New York where we lived and moved uh, to, to Illinois. Well, while I was living there, I worked in the uh, suburb Elk Grove Village. If any of you are familiar with that part of, uh, of, of town, it's uh, there's a, just a neighborhood there or a suburb, Elk Grove Village. This is where I worked. Worked for a company, a pharmaceutical company. And uh, it, it was a startup company uh, with great potential, but 
they, they had uh, some venture capital issues. And uh, so they started to, uh, to lay off uh, most of the staff. And uh, they kept back a small group, which they call a strategic team. And uh, I happened to be part of that small group that they kept back when they let all the other folks go. Um, and they kept giving us, you know, the positive spin on how things were going to, you know, uh, improve and uh, just want to keep you going. But to, to give you a, a really, and, and to make this really quick and give you the Cliff Notes uh, version of all this, uh, during all of that time, I had an interview with um, Eli Lilly, a pharmaceutical company in Indianapolis. And um, the hiring manager, actually, uh, was, was from Ohio, the Buckeye State. And uh, this, this, this woman, actually, she was a director and eventually became a vice president, but uh, not very tall in stature, but she was sharp as a tact. She was, she was a chemist. She was a PhD chemist and a very, very brilliant uh, person from Ohio. Uh, you know, you Buckeyes folks can be a little tough. <laughs> she was tough with the question. She, she had me for about an hour on the, on the first day I met with her for dinner, and uh, it was about an hour, and she just grilled me for an hour. And I, and I thought that was the end of her, and then, but the next day she was back on the agenda for the real interview. And I had two other PhD guys who were on the agenda, and, 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 and a team leader who was an engineer, and, and some other folks. When they were finished with me, I, I, I felt like a zombie. <laughs> it was a whole day. And so the short of it, we went through all of that. And uh, I did pray and, uh, and just kind of left it in God's hand. Continued to work at this company up in Illinois. And one day, the CEO of this company in Illinois decided he, uh, he would just have... Uh, a staff meeting where he pulled all of us together, and uh, he, he, at that, in that meeting, he finally told us there's no way they can go forward. Uh, this is going to let everybody go, and so uh, that was it. I walked back from the meeting room didn't make left or right turn. I just went beeline to my cubicle, my little office area. And for those who are so young that you don't know, there's a little gadget that's called landline phone. And we had a landline phone on my desk and the red light was on. I went beeline from the meeting with the CEO where he says, we're letting everybody go. And to add to that, they did horse and they didn't 
He didn't have a check in that meeting for us. I went to my cubicle. The red light was on. Flashing light. There's a message. When I, I'm telling you, what a mighty God. I took the message, and that was a message from Eli Lilly saying, we want to offer you the job. Call us and tell us if you're interested. <laughs> 21 years, I am still at Eli Lilly. And it don't seem like they want to get rid of me anytime soon. What a mighty God we serve. Life is not always fair, but good things can happen. Just bear with me just a little bit more. I want to tell you about the mother of my six children, because that's one of the prompts for my message here this morning, blessed. Just one word, don't forget it, blessed. We had bad news because she was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, and we were wrestling with that. Now, this is a good woman, prayerful, full of the anointing, loved the Lord. And so we thought, well, here's our big trial. We're going to have to buckle up for this one. Six little kids. And we felt like, well, maybe God is just going to give us a miracle at the end of this. But to move really quickly here, it turned out that in 2002, my wife passed away. But before she passed away, she lived a theme that says, I am blessed. In fact, the inscription on our tombstone right now says, I am blessed. We couldn't help putting it there because that was just her. But she kept saying, I am blessed. I never saw her complaining, even in the going through all of that sickness. And sometimes I, I, I wonder how we, I, I was taking her to get her uh, chemotherapy done. Actually, it was radiation. Uh, done one day, and uh, wheeling her in a wheelchair. And going down the hallway at IU Hospital, she, uh, she was witnessing to folks. She's going for radiation, terminal situation, she's witnessing. And on that particular day, she actually gave a tract to someone on our way to get radiation treatment. And I wondered, 
How? That stuck with me. One of the things that stuck with me, how could she do that in the midst of what she was going through? Never complain. But I think I, I, I found out later what could have caused Debbie to do that. She had a relationship with God. And I wonder, was she hearing something that I may not have been hearing at the time? Was she tuned into uh, something that was divine? Something that the eyes couldn't see or the ears couldn't hear? I mean, like connected to another world. That says, even though I'm going through all of this, if this earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, I have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Was she hearing something? But I was thumbing through my little library at home just this week. And uh, as I was looking through, I, I came upon this little book by Bruce Wilkinson. The Prayer of Jabez. And then when I flipped open the book, it was a gift given to her by Anna Thomas from Calvary. They became friends, and, and it says, Debbie, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. I know he will. And I wondered, maybe this could be part of her inspiration. I just wanted to give a shout out to, to Anna Thomas for that. But whether Mr. Wilkinson book or not, because I, I remember when that came out in 2000, it was just flying off the shelf, and it seemed like everybody in Christendom was just kind of grabbing all of this because it has the idea of just getting, uh, uh, just reaping great blessings and just, you know, including a lot of material stuff. In fact, some people thought, well, what this was all about was just name it, claim it, grab it, grab it kind of thing. And so it, 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 it's a great book, actually. Uh, and they sold millions of copies. I believe, in fact, the last couple of years, or the last few years when it came out, 10 million copies just flying off the shelf. Because the idea of blessing is always interesting to the ear. The question, though, is, what do we mean by being blessed? Because... Is, you see, you could think of it as just being things that you can, you can touch and feel and, and see, you know, that appeals to the senses. But when the Lord says you are blessed, is he talking about things that we can see that are temporal or things that, you know, are here now and uh, not in a short while? I want to tell you, God is thinking of something far greater than that. He's, he's not just thinking about the clothes on our back or the, the car in the, in the driveway or the fine home or 
you know, the, the dollars in the bank. He has more in store. Somebody said, I'm blessed. I note a little statement by Mr. Wilkinson. And he says, when we ask God for blessing, we're not asking for more of what we can get ourselves. It jumped out at me. When you ask God to bless you, you're asking him to bless you with things that are of divine origin. Things that are outside of the realm of human ability. So contained in that concept of blessed is the idea of divine provision of things not just natural but supernatural. Not just things that we consume upon our lust but things that bring glory to God. Amen. It's really empowerment to fulfill God's purpose when it comes down to it. When we say we are blessed we're saying God has empowered me to fulfill his eternal purpose. You see, I found out with uh, Debbie's passing that the greatest tragedy is not death. But the greatest tragedy in life, I believe, is when we fail to fulfill our purpose. You could be five years old and live a full life. You could be 20 years old and fulfill a full life. You could be 30 years old and still fulfill a full life. And yet you can be 80 or 90 and still not live a full life. Real life is when we live out the purpose for why we're here. You see, it's not so much the what, but it's the why that matters most. The what speaks of things that are temporal. And things that are materialistic in nature, but the why speaks of our purpose in God. Let's take a quick look at our text here with, uh, uh, in, sec in First Chronicles. We're introduced to this name, Jabez. And the first time he comes on the scene... He comes on the scene with a label because his mother bore him with great pain. And I don't know what the situation was. All children comes, come into the world through pain. But I don't know, maybe there was just extra complication with this birth. Nothing is said about his father. I don't know if there was some uh, family stress or, or issue that the mother was so distraught or that she gave him the name Jabez, which means pain. Well, thanks, Mom. 
Because now everybody, all his buddies, are going to rag on him. All those that have all these great names, that means that they're, they're a great leader or a great warrior or their name means peace or all these great things. Now they can rag on him. But he had a lot of other things going on as well. He didn't have a father around. So think of Jabez in his struggle trying to rise above the negative. You see, in those times when they give you a name, that name means something. It's kind of a, a prophetic uh, look towards what you will become in the future. And so when she named him Jabez, he has that cloud hanging over him. He didn't have a father. Well, there's no mention there. We don't know if his father died in battle or he just walked away. But think of a child growing up and not having the strength of a father around. That's, that's, that's a battle. That's, that's a mental battle. That's a hurdle that he's dealing with. Plus, he's dealing with the fact that his mother named him Pain. And now Jabez has to decide whether he's going to live that way, whether he's going to allow this past situation to define his future. And so we can allow our past to determine our future, or we can make an effort To change our future. Not let the negative of our past define our future. And sometimes we come into life with all kinds of labels. We have color labels. We have language accent labels. We have socioeconomic labels sometimes. We're not at the top of the scale economically, and so folks struggle. I'm not as financially stable as this one, and, 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 on, and, go, and on and on it goes. They are hurdles that we encounter. Labels that we have to deal with. Negative things that come out of our childhood experiences. And we have to decide whether we're going to let those things determine whether or not we be blessed or not. And Jabez looked at his situation and said, I have enough going on that could keep me suppressed. But I'm going to call on the God of Israel. In fact, the Bible said he was more honorable than his brethren. That doesn't mean he was more talented, more gifted. That meant that he was, he was more in love with the things of God. He was more in touch with the word of God. He had more of a solid relationship with God 
When the Bible talks about somebody being honorable, it means more of your relationship to God. It's like those people that Paul met in Berea when he left Thessalonica when they rejected the word. The Bible said those people in Berea were more noble than the ones in Thessalonica because they sought out the word daily. They first of all received it gladly and they searched the scriptures to see if those things were so. They were in love with the word of God. So they were more noble. So Jabez was more honorable when he prayed this prayer. I don't believe that was his first encounter with God. But he got to the point where he needed a breakthrough. And he prayed four things. He said, I need you to bless me indeed. And I want you to know when he said that, he, he didn't put any boundaries on that. He didn't any stipulation on that. It was wide open. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. That means anywhere, anytime, anyhow you choose, Lord. Just bless me. And bless me in a way where I can bring glory to your name. Where I can get from underneath this stigma. Where I can get from underneath this cloud. And rise above. The negative. And bring glory to your name. Say I am blessed. I don't deserve it, but I am blessed. And when he prayed that prayer, the floodgates opened. But he also said, enlarge my coast. Broaden my reach. Help me to achieve my purpose. He wasn't asking for more real estate. He wasn't asking for land. That's not what the coast there means. Broaden my opportunity to get from where I am to where you want me to be. Church of the living God, I think it's in order. For us to ask the Lord to enlarge our coast. To open up doors so we can do more for him. Than we could physically or we could do on our own. We need a supernatural. We need a divine power in the presence of God. To help us in these times. He says, God, I need your hand to be with me. That means when you bless me, I need you to keep me. Oh, 
yes, oh yes, oh yes. It's one thing to be blessed of God, but it's another thing to remain humble. It's one thing to be blessed of God. It's, one, it's another thing to be able to keep that attitude of humility. God is interested in the humble spirit. And the hand of God is going to keep him in line. As soon as the Lord help us sometime so we can flip a few scriptures, we kind of get beside ourselves. We need the hand of God to keep us in line. And then he said, I need you to keep me from evil. Don't let it grieve me. I don't want the devil to get the better of me. I don't want him to win. So I need you to keep me. Lead me not into temptation. But deliver me from all evil. Because thine is a kingdom. The power and the glory. Well, to be blessed, you may have to go to the school of hard knocks. I kind of let you in a little bit into my story. That was some hard knocks, y'all. But it's a setup, and God will get the glory. And good things happen to bad people, and bad things happen to good people, but all things work together for good. What the School of Hard Knocks does, it teaches us humility and how to depend on God. You hear me here today. It's God wanting to build a relationship with us. So as we go through the difficulties, we, we become more dependent. God wants the church and a body who depends on him. He wants us to look to him and to call unto him. It's okay to say, I need you, Lord, I need you. Every hour I need you. But the school of Odd Knox also brings us into a deeper relationship with God where we get to understand who God really is. Because sometimes, Pastor, we think we know who he is. What's happening really is that we have an idea of who he is. Or we think he's supposed to be what we want him to be. We think he is who we expect him to be. And when he doesn't come through the way we're thinking, it gets us into a little trouble. 
We may even get a little bitter because he didn't come through the way we were thinking because we fit him in a frame of thought that we expect him to operate. And God is God and always will be God. He is who he is and always will be. He's not who I think he is supposed to be. Job, you know him. Lost everything in a day. I, I've had many losses in life. They hurt. But I, I, I don't know how I could handle Job losing all his children in a day. All his possession in a day. And now he's got sores all over him and sickness and all of that going on. The Lord gave the devil an opportunity to test him and he just went full scale. He touched everything. And the Bible said Job was perfect. He, he was upright. Now, I don't believe he was perfect in the sense that he wasn't sinless because there, there's, we're, we're human and just all of sin and come short of God's glory, but he was upright in his conduct and pleased God. Now, watch this now because this is where it gets a little slippery. We sometimes think because of our position... What we do for God, how long we've been serving Him, that He's supposed to operate the way we want Him to operate. But He's not going to bless us just because of what we do. Our positions necessarily. Why, you say I'm fifth generation Pentecostal. I'm fourth generation, so he ought to bless me a certain way. I'm not supposed to get sick. I'm not supposed to have this kind of trouble. Why? I fast and pray often. Job got to a point where his friends just... Worked him over. They were supposed to be with him for encouragement, but they 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 really they really they accused them of they they really worked him through it. Why, Job? Why? How, how is it that you know you're living for God? You're all of this and all of this is happening to you. And it got to a point where Job himself now begins to complain. Job 30. And I won't take the time to go through all the 
They had different examples. But he said, I cry unto thee, and thou dost not hear me. I stand up, and thou regardest me not. Thou art become cruel to me. With strong hand opposest thyself against me. And with many other expressions, he even cursed the day he was born. It got that rough. And things can get rough when we're trying to live for God. But the Lord allowed him to empty out his lament. And the Lord waited on him for 42 chapters. The Lord waited on him to to pour out. And then God said now. It's my time. To ask you some questions. Then the Lord answered Job. Job 38. One. Out of the whirlwind and said. Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? You're speaking, but you really don't know, Job. I am the omniscient one. I know things you don't know, Job. Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee. Answer thou me, where wast thou when I laid the foundation of the earth? Declare if thou understand who hath laid the measures thereof. If thou knowest who hath stretched the line upon it. Do you know when the morning stars sang together? I'm asking you things, Job, that you don't have any idea about. You think you know about me, Job, but you really don't know the God who you serve. But all of this trial and trouble, I am trying to get you to know that I am that I am. God is who He is. And He will be who he is. And nothing is going to change that. Job got a revelation. Of who the true God really is. And not the one who he thought he was. He's getting ready to bless him. Job. Repented. Chapter 42, Job answered the Lord, verse 1, Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered, watch this, that I understood not. I spoke and I didn't understand what I was saying. Things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. There were territories that I was meddling in that I didn't know anything about. 
the more we think we know God is the less we know of God. Oh, the depth of the riches of the knowledge and the wisdom of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Over. Watch this. I have heard thee by the hearing of the ear. But now my eyes seeth thee. I have the revelation. You can hear a lot of things at general conferences. You can hear a lot of things at camp meetings. You may hear a lot of things even in the preaching that goes on. And you will read a lot of things. But until you and I have our experience with God, will we get that revelation? Will we come eye to eye with the truth of God? We're still missing some things. He repented and he finished. He prayed for those who accused him. He prayed for his friends. And the Bible said when he prayed for his friends, Job 42, the Lord turned to captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. He gave him double for the trouble. And I know we like that line. Some people say that will preach. We like, we think about the stuff and we thought, when we're thinking that the greatest part of the blessing was that he gave him double stuff for all of what he had. But the blessing that he gave to him is even greater than that. He gave him a revelation of who God really is. When you get to chapter 42, you know who God really is. I am blessed. I am blessed. You are blessed. We are blessed. When we come into a deeper understanding of who God is, when we come into the fulfillment of our purpose with God, we are blessed. If you notice the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, there is nothing there that's said about the sensual and the things that are just fleeting. 
There's nothing there about Mercedes or a Lamborghini or, or, or you know, a sprawling property that's, that's overlooking the waters or anything like that. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of God. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the hurt. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Amen. Praise God. Blessed. Are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you for my name's sake. Amen. You are blessed. It's the attitude, the attributes of God that you possess that makes you truly blessed. Sometimes what keeps us from being blessed is because they are barriers. They are walls. Sometimes we re erect them ourselves. Low self-esteem. Just sorry for ourselves. Sometimes they're imposed on us. A family history with trouble. And we feel like we're reaping the curse of ten generations away. And you live under the burden of that. Walls are erected in our lives. But the Bible says God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I'm going to have to get across that wall. I got to get over that wall. That wall needs to come down. Nineteen eighty-seven. One of our greatest presidents stood on the west wall on the west side of, of Berlin. Looked across the east side where there was uh, a wall separating east and west Berlin since 1961. But he had the courage to look the general secretary of the Soviet Union square on, says Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. It took courage to do that. But two years later, the wall came down. Now, I've been there. I've walked across it. I've seen the stories. You had families who were separated. You couldn't see your, your cousins or your, your parents or relatives. Brother Hillebaugh is like, you have all those relatives down in Sister Illibor in, in, in the end, and somebody just erected a wall, and, and you can't go back and forth. They can't come, and you can't go. And the folks on the east couldn't come to the west. But when that wall came down, the people from the east were now free and were able to cross. 
And now, uh, an area that was so oppressed and suppressed, and you can tell the west from the east when you go to Germany. You can see the areas that were stalled because of this uh, communist cloud that was over them. The place is not as developed as the west, being suppressed. Amen. But when that wall came down, things begin to change. When the walls come down out of our lives, then we begin to grow in God. We begin to understand our purpose. And we begin to reap the true blessing. Would you stand with me today? I am blessed. And if you don't feel like you're blessed, why are you not blessed? And are you ready to be blessed? It starts with all to Jesus. I surrender. And all to him I freely give. He is the one who is going to help us, folks, to obtain that which he predestined that we should have. Let's go back to our scripture we open with. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Somebody needs to speak to a wall today. You're coming down. Just like President Reagan says, tear down this wall. If the devil erected some wall, tear down this wall. I need to grow. I need to find my potential in God. I need to know who he is. I can't stay where I'm at. I may have a bad past. Some stuff in my family. That don't look good. But that don't mean I have to stay there. Don't let your past define your future. You may have stumbled along the way. You may have messed up your life. But don't let that define where you go in the future. Here is an opportunity to ask God to redefine your future through his blessing. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord today. Blessed. 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 I am blessed. You can be blessed if you desire to be blessed. My God, my God. My God, my God. You don't have to keep blaming people for keeping you down. Jabez could have just stayed the way he was. But he says, ah. He went to God one day and he got a hold of the altar and said, oh. 
thou wouldest bless me. Thousands of years later, millions of copies of a little book is written about him. And he's being talked about. But when he was born, he was supposed to be a pain all the days of his life. He changed that. We can change it. God bless you. Oh, clap your hands all across this place today. Oh, that we might know you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, raise your voice here today all across this place. Speak to that wall. Speak to that problem. Speak to that situation. We serve a God that's a great God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Thank you, Brother Lindsay, for that powerful message. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's nothing impossible with God. Amen. We as humanity have our limitations, and many times we limit God in the way we approach Him, in the way we think. We always kind of try to keep Him in this little proverbial box. We say we believe, but really, amen, our actions speak otherwise. But I'm here today to tell you, along with Brother Lindsay, that if you'll just approach him the right way, things can happen in your life even today before you leave this place. Amen. That can change your life. There will be a transition from, amen, remember what I say, knowing of God and knowing God. Amen. There's a difference between knowing of God and knowing God. And so I believe today for just a moment, if you'll just, if you want to come to the altar, if you want to stand where you're at, raise your hands. But one more time as they sing something right now, amen. Whatever it is in your life, take the Word of God here today. Let it, let it illuminate. I believe the Word of God has illuminated some things in our lives today. Amen. Let's go forward in Jesus' name right now. Come on, raise your voice, raise your hand. This whole sanctuary, a house of prayer, right now. Amen. 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 Amen.
believe it. Hallelujah. Let the blessings of the Lord be upon you today. 